Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I am so thrilled to be with you this morning. It's such a privilege and an honor to bring to you uh, yet another message that the Lord has instilled in our hearts. And I am just super, super excited about sharing this wonderful word that God has given me. I just want to remind you all, those of you that are watching online, welcome. Uh, even those of you that uh, will be hearing this message through our podcast. Don't forget that we have... Um, uh, means of uh, why I mean listening to these messages via podcast now so I'm super excited about that so not only are we on Facebook and YouTube and all sorts of social media but also on uh, podcast platforms so you could find us on Apple and Spotify and however else you listen to your podcast messages but I wanted to make that uh, as a mini announcement if you will just so that you guys can remember you could just uh, store our messages there and uh, take a listen to them and share them with your friends and your families. But I'm super excited because, as you all know, we have just embarked on this wonderful journey in this month of February um, on our series entitled Building Sandcastles. And I don't know about you, but I have just seen how these messages have been building upon uh, one upon the other. And uh, if you were not at church last Sunday, uh, I encourage you to listen to the message that Pastor gave last Sunday. It was very powerful. Um, but I also had the privilege of unpacking uh, Pastor Ricky Jr.'s message on a recent table talk. And that was such a blessing. And again, I'm going to plug that in if you didn't get an opportunity to listen to that. You can tune into our podcast messages and you can also see it on our YouTube video. And we had such a blast doing that. It was actually um, the first time that we ever did it in, this, in the sense of having to do it via Zoom. Because while he was in South Florida and I was up here, um, we got the opportunity to, um, you know, get in in um, in a message that way, and that was that was kind of neat. I mean, I'm I'm grateful for these uh, means that we can spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and bring some powerful messages. I don't know about you, but I sure am. Uh, but anyway, we talked uh, quite a bit about our foundational uh, verses but we went back to the beginning of where it all started which was on the Sermon of the Mount and so again just take a listen to that table talk when you have an opportunity um, our, our basis of our series is found as you all know in Matthew chapter number 7 so you can turn there Matthew chapter number 7 beginning of verses 24 through 27 and that's basically the the foundation of the of the message that or uh, the foundation of the series that we're um, using for this month and it says here if you're there Matthew 20 Matthew 7 24 through 27 it says everyone then who hears these are real key words that Jesus is speaking here in these very short verses and I want you to hear this it says everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house but it did not fall because it had been founded 
on the rock. Hallelujah. Verse 26 says, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, does not do them, uh, it says, will be like a foolish man. Look at your neighbor and say, uh-uh, I'm not foolish. I'm not foolish. It's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell. So unlike the other house, this house fell. And watch what he says here. And great was the fall of it. So basically the summary of this uh, building sandcastles message that we are uh, talking about this month is the following. When one builds a life without God and the truth of his word, he is building a sandcastle. Before you know it, piece by piece, that castle is washed away. However, Jesus emphasizes that everyone who hears his words and does act on them, that person is wise and builds his house on the rock. I've entitled today's message, The Facade Doesn't Tell the True Story. The Facade Doesn't Tell the True Story. So we're going to unpack this this morning. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And thank you, Father, that you illuminate us. You bring revelation of your word in such a profound way that it helps us to walk according to your ways, according to your will, according to your word, and according to your standards. So I thank you, Abba, for your mighty word. I pray, O oh God, that you will anoint these lips of mine and may I uh, bring about this message the way that you want me to, O oh God, and not the way that I want to. I give you all of the glory and all of the honor, and it is in Jesus' mighty name that we all say, Amen and Amen. Come on, let's give God a clap offering this morning and just a shout of praise. I think you can do just a little louder than that. I know the Super Bowl was recently and I'm sure that many of you were shouting and hollering. So come on, let's do it. Let's give it up for Jesus. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. One of my favorite uh, shows, reality shows, I don't know if you want to call it that, but anyway, um, home shows, I guess. My favorite is um, HGTV and I watch several of the shows, I don't like all of them, but I like some of them. Fixer Upper, obviously, has always been my all-time favorite. I know that Magnolia Network has now taken over. Um, uh, I forget what channel, but anyway, they've taken over, which is awesome. But I also like Hometown. So just the other day, I was watching an episode, and I'm not sure if it was one of those two. And uh, I, I was watching how this couple bought a house. Uh, very cute little uh, house uh, outside of it is, was really cute. You could tell that it had some character, like now everything is about having character in the house, you know. That means that it's older. <laughs> but this was a, a really neat house and this couple was uh, had bought it and uh, it appeared solid. It appeared uh, uh, like it was a good purchase. Um, but interestingly enough, upon further inspection, you know, after they bought it and they were doing, isn't it the case that when they begin to like 
peel back the layers, you know, whether it be the floors or the walls or whatever, they typically kind of find something that is kind of majorly wrong with the house. But in this one, they were they were inspecting it and then they they ended up uncovering the that the foundation was rotted. I mean, it was it was rotted. I felt so bad for these people. And they even found live termites, which, you know, the termites will destroy a foundation, right? And um, the termite, the live termites, they, they were they were active, they were eating away at the wood, and it most definitely cost them a real pretty penny. And obviously, um, uh, the uh, the ones that were fixing the house, they had to call the owners and tell them what they found. Um, but how many of you know, as I, as I was writing this message, I was thinking about that show, how many of you know that the facade, right, the, the, the outer layer, uh, the, the outer portion, the facade doesn't tell the true story. And much like that house or many other houses, um, just by the appearance of it on the outside doesn't really tell the true story of what is underneath. Amen? The outer appearance of something or the outer appearance of someone okay, is not necessarily telling of what's truly inside or underneath it all until a storm arises, until a storm arises. I want to read this to you from the ESV Archaeology Study Bible. Uh, I recently purchased one and, and it's been a blessing to, uh, to study from it, but it says the following, uh, it, because it comments on these verses. I looked it up and it says, Houses were constructed of heavy stones or stone blocks and often set on terrain that was not particularly level. If the foundation stones of a house were not laid on firm ground or rock, for example, bedrock, the weight of the house could cause them to sink or slip and the house to collapse. This would be um, aggravated by the erosive power of heavy rain and high winds. The word translated sand refers both to beach sand and to any small aggregate that makes a slope unstable. So that, that was kind of interesting from the ESV Archaeology Study Bible. Uh, when, when we want to do things, and this is how it begins to be applicable to our lives today, when we want to do things our own way, which can we say that many times, we want to do things our own way, don't we? When we want to do things our own way, or choose, listen to me closely, or choose to obey some of God's word, but not all of it, we're building sandcastles. Have you ever built a sandcastle at the beach and it looks so beautiful and but all of a sudden the tide rolls in and it wipes your hard work away in an instant? Have you haven't you ever noticed that when you take your kids to the beach or maybe you're fooling around and you got your buckets and you build the this pretty tower or sandcastle and all of a sudden the that that tide comes in, that wave comes in and all of a sudden it clears it all, it levels it all away. That's because it's built on sand, right? It has no structural foundation. 
So in these two short verses that we have read, in the couple of verses that we've read, we have the example of two men. Okay, and I know that Pastor talked a little bit about this, and so did Pastor Ricky Jr. the other day. Uh, one wise and one foolish. Uh, we also have two houses, if you will. One that was built by the wise man on the rock, and the other that was built by the foolish man on sand. Then we are introduced to the elements of rain, of flood, and of wind right? Obviously, we see, we see two different results in this story that Jesus is presenting. The wise man's house withstood the rains. It withstood the floods. It withstood the winds. All of it, all of it, whether it came individually or all together, it withstood the test of time. Yet, the foolish man's house not only fell, but as we read in the scripture, the fall of it was very great. It was a great fall. Now Jesus here, being deliberate with everything he ever said, prefaces the story by two key words. And this is what I want to hone in on for just a few moments. And he says, he talks about hearing and doing hearing and doing two different things these are the two factors mentioned before giving the example of the wise man who built his house on the rock hearing and doing are two separate things you see you can be a hearer of god's word you can for example, come to church Sunday in and Sunday out, listen to Wednesday night live stream services day in and day out. You could watch other preachings online. You can listen, hear your podcast all you want, right? You can hear the preaching of the word. You can read it. You can study it, etc. But if you don't do the will of the Father, if you don't act upon them, then you're on shaky ground. And before you know it, your faith will be tested and your foundation can very easily be eroded. James 1, 22 through 25 builds on this statement. You can turn there with me if you'd like. James chapter number 1, beginning in verse 22, and it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Look how interesting that is, because if you don't do both of those, you are deceiving yourself, right? And it says in verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and preserves and perseveres, excuse me, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Man, I don't know about you, but those verses are hard hitting. 
hard-hitting. Imagine, if you will, this description, this example here in the book of James that is given of a person who is looking intensely at himself or herself in the mirror. And trust me, when you look intensely in the mirror, I guarantee that you will find flaws. I guarantee you that you will find areas where you need correcting. But if you turn away and forget all that, then you're merely a hearer and not a doer. Because a doer is the one who makes the corrections, you see. The perfect law of liberty phrase refers to God's word. To the one that is a doer of the word, it's not just about hearing it. To the doer, the perfect law of liberty is obeyed. You see, the doer is the one who maintains the attitude of obedience. Got that? And upon seeing himself in the mirror or herself in the mirror, and when correction needs to take place, if he or she is wrong in any area, the doer makes the necessary changes to align with the Word of God. Now, come on now, you can give me an amen to that. Wow, that is so true. So you see, it's not enough to simply hear God's Word, and by the same token, merely read it. They go hand in hand. We are to be hearers and doers. Hearers and doers. Make no mistake. This is the key to building our house on the rock. To building a firm foundation. But what about this rock? What about this rock that Jesus talks about here? We, we see throughout Old Testament scripture the phrase, God is the rock of my salvation. We've seen it over and over again. People post uh, scripture verses such as these. Um, they, build, they create beautiful artwork uh, such as that. But let's, let's unpack that for a minute. You see, King David, the psalmist, found himself in desperate situations when he was running away away from the grip of Saul who sought to kill him. Now, you know, if you think about it, if someone's out to kill you, you're in a desperate situation and you're trying to hide from this person. So imagine, if you will, King David at the time. He declared, he only, God, Jehovah, Yahweh, Yahweh, he only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. And watch what he says here. I shall not be shaken. You see? On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. That's in Psalm 62, 6-7 for those of you writing notes, taking notes. Now watch here. Psalm 89, 26. He says, He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And then we find in 2 Samuel 22 verse 47, it says, The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be my God, the rock of my salvation. So you see how we see this over and over in scripture. So it's not new to see the phrase, 
to be built on the rock, the solid rock. Watch what this says. The prophet Isaiah foretelling about the future Messiah writes in Isaiah 28, 16, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion, in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Everybody say sure foundation. Say it as you mean it. Sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste. That's Isaiah 28 16. You see in each of these verses and many more that you'll find in, in the Bible, rock and stone brings about the imagery and cornerstone brings about the imagery of security, a strong sense of safety. That's, that's the imagery we get when we read these verses. Psalm 118, 22 through 23 states, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. In other words, the headstone of the corner in the King James Version, for example, and chief cornerstone in other versions. Uh, this is the Lord's doing. It's, a, it's marvelous in our eyes. And this is obviously bringing about a, a future of Jesus being the cornerstone. Here's the commentary uh, to these verses found in the Perry Stone Hebraic Study Bible. I want to read this to you because it goes so in line with these verses. It says, Cornerstones were of great importance in binding together the four sides of a building. Okay, watch this. The chief cornerstone was the first stone set in the corner of the foundation of a building. And all other stones were set in reference to this one. To this one stone. Are you getting that picture? In times past... A great ceremony typically took place when a foundation stone was laid during the building of a religious structure such as a temple. This is a reference to Christ being the foundation of the church. Christ, be, Christ is the foundation of the church. Amen? Capital C, the church. Remember the scripture we just read a moment ago in Isaiah 28, 16, where it said, Behold, I lay, as a, uh, I lay in Zion uh, for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious stone, a sure foundation. He that believes will not be in haste. So he goes on to say here, the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus himself, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And a reference to that is Ephesians 2.20. Peter quotes Isaiah 28.16 and Psalms 118.22 when he writes, Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion, again, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believes on him shall not be confounded. The stone which the builders disallowed or rejected, the same is made the head of the corner. In other words, the cornerstone. The head of the corner is the cornerstone. Christ also uses the metaphor, upon this rock I will build my church. 
Christ himself is the rock and foundation of the Christian church. Come on, church, say hallelujah to that. It is Christ who is the rock and the foundation of the Christian church. Praise be to God. So this is what we find in Matthew 7, 24, beginning in verse 24. When we build our life on the firm foundation, which is, listen to me, found alone in Christ our Lord, the chief cornerstone. No rain, no floods, no winds, no storm, no hail, no tornado, no hurricane, no storm of life can shake us. Hallelujah. Give God the glory for that. You see, unfortunately, a lot of Christians these days uh, want to use Christ as their foundation, but they want to also dabble in all these other things that have nothing to do with God, with Christ Jesus, or His Word. And, and, and I'll, I'll give you examples. Some, some Christians want to dabble into the spirit realm and they want to dabble into reading of the palm or they want to dabble into reading their horoscope or, um, you know, all these sorts of other things uh, that have nothing to do with the word of God. As a matter of fact, God in, in his word, he, he says that all of those things are an abomination to him. So if you find yourself with anything that is outside of the realm of scripture, whether it be in your home, whether it be in your workplace, whatever it might be, you might, you might have, you know, uh, how many people don't use as uh, a, um, what do you call this thing when they, when they want to um, decorate their homes and they have Buddha heads. Or they have all of these other things that they, they don't realize that these are gods. These are idols. And God is specific about not having any idols at, at, at any time, whether it be in your home or in your life. You're not to... And I, and I get it. Some people say, you know, Pastor Yvette, it's just, a, it's just an item in my home. It's just decorative. But you're opening the door to the enemy, ladies and gentlemen. If you've got that in your home, get rid of it. Because you're using Christ as your cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. But then all these other stones are not looking like the chief cornerstone that is Christ Jesus. You're doing an imitation stone. Come on, I'm preaching good. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Give God the praise. And it ain't about me. I'm telling you, this wasn't even in my notes. Now, this is for someone out there. This is for someone that is listening to this message, be that online or right there at church. I'm telling you right now, get rid of it because it is an abomination to God and he is not pleased with that. You see, these are the kinds of things that we need to self-correct and we need to ask God for forgiveness. Can I get an amen to that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a freebie, by the way. I'm telling you, I didn't have that in my notes. Woo! Praise God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing that. Praise God. All right. So, He is the rock. He, Jesus, is the chief cornerstone. Now, let's look at verse 24 again. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them. These words, these words, these words. Hmm. These words. Which ones, Jesus? 
Which ones? You see, we have to come to the understanding as Christ followers, right? That all, everybody say all, all of Jesus' words are worthy of obedience. Not some, not a cut, cut and paste like some people like to do, okay? All of Christ's word, words are worthy of obedience. Here in verses 24 through 27, which is our foundational verses of chapter 7, here are the conclusion, this is the conclusion of his sermon. Therefore, we have to look at the previous chapters from when he began to teach. And I know that in his message, Pastor Ricky Jr., described some of this at, at his in the in his message and we unpacked that a little bit at the table talk that we that we did a, um, a couple weeks ago but to summarize uh, some of the points uh, Jesus begins with the Beatitudes who doesn't know the Beatitudes right and we just want to kind of stop there but there's so much more because he continues in his preaching uh, he expresses the fact that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world as he continues on in this Sermon on the Mount. From there, Jesus makes known that he came to fulfill the law. Read those verses at, uh, when you get an opportunity. Anger, lust, divorce, oaths, retaliation, loving our enemies are all key topics in this vast teaching. I encourage you to go back and read those scripture verses. He spoke about giving. He spoke about praying. He spoke about fasting. He showed us the model prayer, right? Again, we want to just stay there in some of these verses. We want to pick and choose, but we've got to read it in, in its entirety. He discusses the cure for anxiety. He also touches on judging others. He, he touches on asking, and he most definitely talks about the golden rule and knowing its tree by its fruit. Wow. I mean, what expansive topics, right? So no wonder the crowds were amazed at his teaching. They were absolutely dumbfounded. They, they, they knew that this was a person with authority the way that he was preaching and giving these messages. So here he concludes with verses 24 through 27 where we have landed this month. Now, the expository Bible uh, commentary says, I quote here, in the parable cited here, each house looks secure in good weather. Each house looks secure in good weather, okay? Only storms reveal the quality of the work of the two builders. The greatest storm is eschatological, right? He, he cross-references here, for those of you that want to take notes and want to see it later, Isaiah 28, 16 through 17, Ezekiel 13, 10 through 13. But Jesus' words about the two houses need not be thus restricted. The point is that the wise person builds to withstand anything, right? What wisdom consists of is clear. A wise person represents those who put Jesus' words into practice. Hallelujah. I'm going to repeat that again. A wise person, can you raise your hand and say, I'm, I'm a wise person. I declare that I'm a wise person. 
I want to be a wise person, God. A wise person represents those who put Jesus' words into practice. They too are building to withstand anything. Come wind, come rain, come storm, come hail, come anything. Right? Those who listen, listen to what this says. Those who pretend to have faith, who have a merely intellectual commitment, or who enjoy Jesus in small doses, are foolish builders. <laughs> I think I'm going to repeat that again. Because we need to hear it. Those who pretend to have faith, listen, listen closely, who have a merely intellectual commitment or who enjoy Jesus in small doses are foolish builders. So the facade doesn't tell the true story now, does it? Now it goes on to read, when the storms of life come, their structures fool no one. Above all, not God. The sermon ends with what has been implicit throughout it. The demand for radical submission to the exclusive lordship of Jesus who fulfills the law and the prophets and warns the disobedient that the alternative to total obedience, true righteousness and life in the kingdom is rebellion. A life that is self-centered and eternal damnation. Wow. I had to quote that because that was so profound and it correlates so much to what we're talking about this morning. The bottom line basically is this. You can appear to have it all together. Oh yeah, I look good. Don't I? I'm not talking about myself. I'm just saying right? You can appear to have it all together. How many of you know that? I mean, we've talked about this so many times and everybody really talks about it. Social media is one thing that, you know, you can look at, scroll all day long and you see people that, I mean, they look like they have it all together. They look good. They dress good. If it's a woman, their makeup's really nice, right? They dress nice. Uh, they have they take pictures with their families with their cut with as a couple and they look like they have it all together But all we have to look at is the foundation What is their life really built on? What is the rock? What is the chief cornerstone that they are clinging to? Is it Christ Jesus? Because I'm here to tell you this morning if it's not Christ Jesus that foundation will not stand. It will not stand. Eventually something will take place and that house, that faith, that walk, that appearance will crumble if it's not built on that solid rock, that chief cornerstone, the one that the builders rejected. It will not stand. You can look like a Christian. You can Talk like a Christian. You can talk Christianese all you want. But if it's just a facade and your foundation is not true, it will fall. I'm here to tell you right now, it will fall. You can, you can go to church Sunday in and Sunday out. You can listen to messages like these 
over and over and over again. You can go out jogging or walking and be listening to all your favorite preachers. But if you do not do the word of the Lord, if you do not follow or are obedient to his word, if you are not, if you are just a hearer and not a doer of the word, and if you have not built your house on that foundation, I'm telling you it'll crumble. Eventually it will fall. If you're not being obedient in hearing and doing all, ladies and gentlemen, all of Jesus' words, it is simply a facade. It's like that house I told you a moment ago from HGTV, the program on HGTV. It's just like that house. You see it outside and you say, that's good. That's beautiful. That's, that's, a, that's a house to live in. That house is, it's got character, it's so cute, it's so pretty. But once you get down to the nitty gritty and be begin to peel back the layers and see the true foundation and see the rot of that foundation, then that's the truth. That's the truth of it all. Amen? Come on now. Give God a praise. Give God a praise for this message hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord you see it's putting up a front when we do such things like this when we are uh simply hearers of the word and not doers of the word it's it's putting up a front it, it's a show it's a masquerade you're you're on stage and about to receive the academy award because you've been acting and not really doing and before you know it, life will hit. The winds, the rains, the floods, the storm will come. And you, know, you won't know what hit you. You won't. Why? Because you didn't build your house on a sure foundation. On that solid rock, which is in Christ Jesus. You see, obedience is the determining factor in which one enters the kingdom. Obedience is the determining factor in which one enters the kingdom. Jesus said it in verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he, watch, he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Wow. Obedience is an essential and fundamental element of building your house on solid ground. I'm going to repeat that again in case you want to write that down. Obedience is an essential and, found and fundamental element of building your house on solid ground. It's about hearing and it's also about doing. Now I almost wanted to go back and read to you the entire Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave in uh, beginning in chapter 5 all the way through chapter 7. But listen, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot spoon feed you. I can't. I bring you a message and I challenge you, which I love to do because I like to challenge myself. I like to point the finger at me. As a matter of fact, I like to look at that mirror and I like to say to myself, okay, Pastor Yvette, okay, Yvette, what are you doing that's right and what are you doing that's wrong? What, as a matter of fact, I bring it to Jesus all the time. God, Lord, may I be pleasing in your sight. And if there is anything, any little tiny 
speck, any little tiny thing that is not pleasing to you, show me. I may, I may be overlooking it and not even realizing it. Point the finger at it, Holy Spirit. Point it nice and hard that I will look at it and say, uh-oh, God, I repent. God, forgive me. I want to change that about myself. I'm not perfect and neither are you. None of us are. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. So we have to self-check. We have to take that factor in and of itself with ourselves. Jesus talks about it. So go back. Go back through chapters 5 through 7 and, and really read it. You're, you're going to have to read it. You're going to have to make your own assessment. You're going to have to create your own checklists and see if we are following suit. Amen? Find out for yourself if you're being a hearer and a doer of his word. If for some reason there are some areas that you realize that you are a hearer but not a doer, correct it. Correct it. You remember in Revelation when Jesus is speaking to the seven churches? I keep remembering this over and over as of late. Over and over I just keep remembering this because there's, there's a, a, a study I want to bring uh, very soon on a Wednesday night on, on repentance. And, and God continues to bring to mind the message to the seven churches in Revelation. And Jesus gives an opportunity to every single one of those churches, for the exception really of the church in Philadelphia, right? Um, he gives the opportunity to self-correct, to repent, to repent. And so this morning, this morning, I'm encouraging you. I'm not condemning you. I'm encouraging you by the unction of the Holy Spirit that if there is anything in our lives that need adjustment, that need repentance, that we need to turn it around and say, God, forgive me. I've been doing this and I shouldn't have because you say in your word that I shouldn't do this. Uh, or I shouldn't act this way, or I shouldn't be so judgmental, or I should, whatever it might be, you need to self-correct and repent before God and change that in your life. Amen? And he, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I'm so grateful for that. So we need to do a self-correct and a self-check. We've got to do that ourselves if not, we are just being hearers of some of his word and not doers of some of his word. Amen. We have the opportunity to self-correct this morning. Repent, ask for forgiveness, and make the change. You see, the facade doesn't tell the true, the true story. I, I don't know about you, but I, I want people to see me, and it's not about pleasing people. Please don't. Don't take my words out of context. It's not about pleasing people because what I want is for people, when they see me and they think I've got it all together, what I want them is to see Jesus, not me. Not me. But you see, it takes me self-correcting. It takes me looking at myself in that mirror and saying, yeah, I need, work. I need to work on that. I need to work on this because I'm not being a doer of God's word. You get what I'm saying? If you're with me, shout a hallelujah or an amen or I got that, Pastor Yvette, or whatever you want to say, but just 
holler out and give me some feedback why don't you hallelujah give God the praise amen so we have to look at the foundation look deep down at the roots to find out what it's built on is it on the rock Christ Jesus or is it on sand will you stand with me this morning for those of you that are at our church this morning I praise God for every single one of you and if you're listening online, uh, wherever it is that you might be, uh, just listen to the following uh, um, closing of this message this morning. I sure, surely pray and hope that this has uh, hit you where it's needed to hit you, just like it has to me. I'll, I'll recall to your remembrance that it hits me, it hits pastor, it hits those that are bringing the word first, our ministers, it hits us before it hits you. So the self-correcting starts here. Amen. So instead of building a facade, a surface level appearance of how you want others to see you, Start building a strong foundation in Jesus and find your identity in Him. Hallelujah. Can we pray this morning? Let's bow our heads. Father, in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus, we want to thank you for this word. This is a challenging word. And God, I would say this is, uh, when we say it's an on-time word, this truly and surely is an on-time word. Why? Because we see your return so close, so close, Jesus. And, and, and you want us to be a true bride. Uh, uh, you want to come back for a bride without spot or wrinkle. That doesn't mean perfection, but that definitely means a bride that has the chief cornerstone, Christ Jesus, as our sure foundation. And all these other stones model after Jesus. So God, I pray in Jesus' mighty and precious name and Holy Spirit that you would bring to revelation for every single one of us that is standing in our church this morning, every single hearer of this word this morning, whether that be in whatever means, podcast, YouTube, Facebook, whatever it is, as they hear these words, may they be prompted by the Holy Spirit to correct anything they need to. If they need to toss something away, let it be done. If they need to uh, ask you for forgiveness and help in an area of their lives, oh God, I pray you help them, that you reveal that, you reveal that to them in a powerful way. In the mighty name of Jesus, that we may live according to your word, that we may not just be hearers, but we may be doers of your word, that we would be just like that wise man who built his house on the rock of Christ Jesus. Oh Lord, thank you. Thank you for bringing this to our minds. Thank you for illuminating us. Thank you for revealing these things to us. And may we walk in your ways every single day of our lives. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And the church said, Amen and Amen. Now I'm going to ask you, if you are watching this, if you are listening to this, if you're at our church, and if you don't have that assurance, 
if you don't have a relationship, if you can honestly say, you know what, Pastor Yvette, I don't have that relationship with Christ Jesus. And I want to have that. I want to have that assurance that if something were to happen to me and I were to pass away, I want to be in the presence of God. And, 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 and I don't know that for sure. And if that's you, would you lift up your hand ever so high? And would you repeat this prayer after me if you're watching online? Would you just repeat this after me if that's you and you want a, a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? I'm here to tell you that it is most assuredly the most important relationship that you will ever, the most important decision you will ever make in your entire life because it is a matter of life and death. You will choose right now with these words, eternal life. And if you do not choose these words, it's eternal damnation. So will you repeat these words after me and say, God in heaven, I repent of my sins. And I ask the Lord Jesus to come into my heart and to come into my life and say this, I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He came to rescue me and to redeem me. And so I return, I turn my life to Him. I surrender my heart and my life to Him now. And I ask the Holy Spirit to bring revelation of God's word in Jesus, holy and precious name. Amen and amen. If you said that prayer uh, and you're there at our church, I would invite you to come to the altar. Come and see it. one of our ministers. They can come up to the front and pray for you. If there's a need that you need prayer for, they will most certainly pray for you. So as they come up to the altar area, you can come and ask for prayer. And I'm just going to close this off. That doesn't mean that... You need to um, not uh, come to the altar and get prayed for. But I'm going to close this off for those of you that are listening online as well. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So we love you. Pastor and I are always praying for you. And we're going to see you super, super soon. So God bless you and take care. Share this message with your friends and your family. The Lord bless you. God bless. Bye-bye.